another episode of All Things Considered Franchising, powered by ScottMilosFranchiseCoach.com. I am your podcast host and president and founder of ScottMilosFranchiseCoach.com. Scotty Milos here. Uh, All Things Considered Franchising is a podcast dedicated to the franchising industry and entrepreneurs, both individuals that are already entrepreneurs seeking to become entrepreneurs, and ScottMilosFranchiseCoach.com is a organization consulting service that provides a free service to individuals that like to research and explore business ownership, helping you build a business model and introducing you to the opportunities that could fit. And I have a great guest with us today, somebody that I've known, uh, I hate to say it this way, but uh, when I was a young man. <laughs> We're both young. <laughs> and uh, we both had uh, color in our hair other than gray. Yeah. And uh, but uh, 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 just somebody who is just uh, well known in the industry, somebody who I consider to be a rock star, uh, kind of a different element in franchising. And that is uh, Paul Rocchio, who is vice president uh, of development and member services for the International Franchise Associations. Hey, Paul, great to see you again. Scotty, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. And, and thanks for this opportunity, man. Really, really do appreciate it. And it's funny, you just mentioned, you know, what I, you know, my, my official title, I've been, lately, I've been just telling people I'm the janitor here at IFA, you know? <laughs> well, um, in today's world, you know, it's not the same as when we were younger and had of titles. Of course not. Like, everybody does a little bit of everything these days. That, exactly. that titles are, uh, are, are misleading. <laughs> But, you know, Paul, it, 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 it's a caveat to uh, us speaking, and I'm glad you're here because um, we're coming off one of the most successful IFA conferences I think I can remember. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, over 3,500, probably close to 4,000 attendees. Oh, yeah, we had um, uh, 42, about 4,200 attendees. Wow, wow. I mean, it, yeah, it was uh, you know, record, uh, record attendance um, by uh, far. And the International Franchise Association, the IFA, uh, plays an integral part in the franchising space. Uh, uh, not so much for the political sense, but making sure that I like to simplify it and just say kind of those rules, regulations, ethics, and morals are being followed uh, within the organization, both on the franchisee, franchisor side, and of course, handling any type of perception or negative publicity that franchising might get and you've been you you've been with the ifa now i think 25 years if i'm correct uh, uh, yeah, years? It was, uh, not that i'm kept, it was uh <laughs> 24 years uh, march march 15th right, right. <laughs> so franchising has taken uh is it's kind of a pendulum i guess an up and down uh of what you've seen in the last 24 25 years the state of the industry now i think is stronger than it's ever been but it also has a lot of what I call little blimps in on the radar. So walk yes. us through the strengths or what you're seeing in the industry and how the IFA is playing a role in making sure that the industry stays on this straight line, the straight narrow, I call it, uh, to, to again, represent and be a backbone for franchisees and franchisors. Listen, uh, and, and I will tell you, um, in, in, the 24 years that I've been involved in franchising, but, you know, through the associate, you know, through my vantage point as an association hack, as I like to call it, because, uh, you know, I moved to DC to go to graduate school was you know, bit by the political bug, uh, worked on Capitol Hill was a government related, you know, I was a lobbyist, um, moved over to IFA as a lobbyist to, to also build our political grassroots 
program, um, but then got kind of fed up with lobbying, but fell in love with franchising and moved over to membership because I love working with entrepreneurs, working with franchisors, franchisees, and, and the supplier community, you know, what we call the franchise family, if you will. Um, you know, the one thing about IFA and, and our mission has never changed. We protect, enhance, and promote franchising day in, day out. And, and, and it, you know, since the inception of IFA back in, you know, the late fifties, but, you know, officially 1960, and it was founded by, by Bill Rosenberg, the founder of Dunkin' Donuts. And I had the pleasure of knowing him uh, the first few years I was here at IFA. And he would always tell the story about how he stood up from the table. He was with a group of, you know, franchise founders at the time and, and said, you know, threw down a hundred bucks and said, let's start this bleep to be bleep association. And that's how we came in into play and and it was because franchising was being looked at and 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 they were considering the federal government was considering regulations to the business model um right. and i'll tell you things have just never really changed i mean as long as i've been here we're always having to educate people about franchising nobody understands franchising i mean we're all in it we, we breathe it day in and right. day out but you talk to the general public um, a lot of people, they just don't understand franchising, especially, you know, people on Capitol Hill here in D.C. or out at the state level or local level, whether it's, you know, mayor's offices or, you know, state legislators, um, the media uh, and, and also the regulators. I mean, we are always having to educate folks and you know and that's where the protection piece comes in we are always right. protecting the business model and i'll tell you the business model has been i don't want to make it sound like the sky is falling but the business model has been under more of a direct threat in in the past 10 years than it ever has in the history of of at least ifa's existence right. and you know the pendulum uh, has shifted back really to the state side. There, there have been a number of things. Obviously, you know, we jokingly refer to it as the, you know, the country of California. But right. you know, you know, <laughs> you know, California has some, you know, the Fast Act, uh, the joint employer, and then of course Arkansas and my my, you know, awesome colleague uh, Jeff Hanscom. You know, that was all last minute, and you know, we pulled together some awesome panelists, and and we were able to fight that thing and right and, right and we're very happy about that and then there's a onerous bill in in arizona but uh uh i was told that uh we're in good shape there and then there's a onerous bill in new jersey but only focused on the hotel hotel sector but still right you know it's there and um and then of course you, you know on the regulatory side right now listen the ftc is is you know they've you know they, they they're looking to, you know, they put out a request for uh, for comments on, on on franchising, on the franchise rule, and there's going to be a hearing, and and you know we're very involved with it. We have, uh, you know, some questions that we've asked some of our uh, friends on Capitol Hill to ask, uh, you know, during this hearing, right. um, and you know it it just seems like you know you know we're always trying to be very open with everyone and when i mean everyone i mean you know whether it's it's the lawmakers or the regulators and and it just seems to me and this is my my opinion um my personal opinion but it just seems like like people are being a little you know on the regulatory side they're being they're being kind of one-sided about things and that just really concerns me because you know we all know that franchising is a 
powerful, powerful tool. cog in the yeah. economic wheel of the U.S. economy. And not only is it, you know, you know, a very strong, you know, over 800, you know, billion directly related to, you know, to franchising, but, but at the end of the day, it, it provides the opportunity for people to realize the American dream. Exactly. I, mean, yep. I mean, we all know we've heard the countless stories, you know, you know, whether it's people pulling themselves up by the bootstraps or, you know, people coming to this country and, you know, mopping or sweeping the floor. And, and, and now they're multi-unit, multi-branded franchisees and, right. you know, not that money's everything, but you know, they're multimillionaires, you know, but, but, you know, and then, it does. It just it gives people the opportunity to be their own boss, right? We always say that: be your own boss. Uh, as there, and that has is what franchising does. Let me ask you this, Paul, and it's interesting because you're absolutely right. It, you know, the the pushback on franchising seems to be getting a little bit louder and louder each year. Uh, although it right now, it, it it's still just a loud roar. The roar is getting a little bit louder, but. Has the IFA looked at and kind of put the finger on it on why the loud roar, why the pushback? Is it coming from the the independent entrepreneur, the big corporations? What is it that people fear about the franchising industry and the you know the labor practices and the independence that franchisees have that are following a model? I mean, these are independent business owners; they own their business. They can wake exactly. up in the morning and sell their business. They just have to follow the model. So where is or what is the reason for the pushback? Is there any is there any one thing that stands out? Yeah, honestly, and from from my vantage point, it's it's a couple of things. Um the SEIU, the unions, you know, they are they are very, you know, they listen, they have deeper pockets than than we do. And when I say we, I mean I I I mean IFA. Uh, you know, we are a very small trade association. I mean, we are not as, you know, you know, we don't have the kind of revenue that you know National Restaurant Association has or the Hotel Motel Lodger and National Retail Federation. But you know, when it comes to franchising, you know, we're it. And you, you know, we, we represent over 300 different verticals. That, that happen to franchise, not everybody in those verticals are franchisors, but those right. that are, you know, they play with IFA, um, you know, because, you know, for various reasons, obviously. But um, I will say that it, you know, the SEIU is, is, you know, looking at, they're looking at their pockets. I mean, look, you know, the world has changed for the unions. Everything is a service-related economy. Right. And, What's the biggest sector, you know, in, in, everything in franchising is practically service related. Right. And, and so they're going after, they're going after franchising and they're not going to stop. So we're seeing it from there. And then, you know, listen, we all know franchising is, is truly a relationship business. The relationship between the potential franchisee and the franchisor, the existing franchisee and the franchisor, and then the vendor community, whether it's, the specific vendor for the franchisee, or if it's a vendor for the franchisee franchisor, but it's, you know, we call it the three-legged stool of franchising. I don't, I don't love that analogy, but, right. but at the end of the day, you can't have a balanced stool without a franchise or a franchisee and supplier. And that's what makes up our membership. But, you know, at the end of the day, like any relationship, I always jokingly say, you know, franchise relationships last longer than most marriages. Right. But, but with that said, you know, nothing's perfect. And, 
you know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be, you know, issues with franchisees and franchisors sometimes. And, you know, they're not going to be happy. And I, I don't like to use the word disgruntled franchisee or blame it all on, you know, the franchisor or the franchisee. But yes, right. there's litigation. We all know you can't have franchising without the the attorneys and all my good friends in franchising who are attorneys. I mean, they, they get it. I mean, the large, the largest segment within our supplier membership are, you know, is the attorney, the, the legal last, you know, the legal vertical, if you will. But in, you know, when I look back over, you know, when I started here it was, uh, you know, a federal franchise relationship bill, uh, Iowa had just, there was a big bill in Iowa and that was before I came over to IFA. Um, and, and then we had a federal bill, which was Cobo Conyers, and it was truly a franchise relationship legislation. And right. and then every other like bill that had been introduced almost since then, it was always because of, you know, there was an issue with, you know, with the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee. And, and, you know, you've, you've got somebody who's unhappy and that, and that somebody who's unhappy has a, you know, has a connection, a friend, a relative right. yep. who is a legislator, and they're like, you know, you've got to help me here. And that's, I mean, that is practically how every single piece of legislation um, that is negative to franchising and the business model has been in, ha has come into play. Um, well, I think also things, the, yeah, the environment, the, the, also the environment today is a little bit more hostile uh, oh, gosh, when it comes yeah. when it comes to sitting down and you know kind of hashing things out you know you go back into the 80s and 90s you know people would sit around with a bottle of whiskey and just say hey look you know let's work this out hammer nobody's leaving but today it's you know uh, you know i'm gonna get my lawyer you're gonna get your lawyer we're gonna you know we're gonna throw darts at each other and uh you know so the environment tends to be a little bit more hostile in resolving or resolving issues but the bottom line is is that franchising is still a very strong element within the entrepreneur community. I mean, it oh, is gosh, still yes. a reliable option for people that 100%. want to get into business. And that's not to 100%. take away the independent, but there's just, you know, people are, look, change is always good. And, but unfortunately there are people that always want change. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's, they're not looking at it as an industry. They're looking at it as an individual. What's best for me, not best for the industry. Um, exactly. Exactly. You know, and you're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. I mean, uh, the art of compromise, you know, at least in in D.C., from my perspective, the art of compromise is gone. It, 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 it is it is 100 percent gone. And um, I mean, look, to your point, and I'm I'm dating myself and but you'll you'll get this. I don't know if all your viewers will. But, you know, Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy. Two yes. Totally opposites. But guess what? They would get together now. Warren Hatch wouldn't have a, have a drink, but but Ted would, and they would get together. They would always hash things out. They would compromise, yep. you yep. know. And there are some folks up on the hill that do that now, but it's just not the way it used to right. be. It's right. so so contentious. It really yeah, is. Well, you know, I look. I spent almost ten years down in D.C. working for the news media as part of the White House press corps. So, uh, you know, I remember those days. You know, better than most people. Yeah, <laughs> Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan. Exactly. I mean, you exactly. you could disagree with the politics of you know whatever side of the table you're on, but those guys would sit down and they wouldn't leave a room and they'd polish off three or four cigars and a bottle of whiskey and you know they would have a you know next morning you'd read about it. Hey, we worked it out. So. Um, there yep. wasn't the name calling. So the environment's a little hostile, but you know, 
One of the things that fascinated me most about the IFA conference uh, that, you know, took place uh, recently in Las Vegas was the amount of new franchise wars, new concepts. I mean, uh, I had uh, Edith Weissman as a guest uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, president of Fran Data, and we were discussing this. And I'm curious to get your take and the IFI take, but I have never seen the explosion the way it is of people that are looking to franchise their business and now franchising it and offering it as a franchise. To me, it's yeah, just, I mean, I, I mean, exploding numbers. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I mean, um, uh, I haven't seen the final stats on, on our convention, but uh, my colleague, Alan, who oversees conferences, um, we had about, about over 600 franchise brands that were represented at the convention. Um, and that was actually uh, that was actually a record uh, a record number, um, but we're still you know still kind of crunching numbers and verifying that. But um, but yes, I mean um, leading up to every convention. So like, like one of the things I've you know historically always kind of overseen is, is our new member first time attendee uh, orientation and reception at convention, and and not only do we have a you know a lot of new franchisor franchisee and supplier members coming into IFA, but there are always a ton of, of people who are, you know, they might be with Duncan brands, but they've, right. but they're either brand new to franchising or they've never been to the convention before, yep. you know, and there's, uh, there's so many people, you know, in that bucket as well. Um, and, and, you know, that's, you know, like, I always wonder, you know, are, you know, are they all going to come to the, you know, to the reception or the, you know, cause I have ambassadors, <laughs> longstanding members of IFA right. to help educate these folks. And, you know, I would jokingly say, get them addicted to the Kool-Aid, you know? Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, and we had like almost a thousand people in that, in that ballroom for the new member first time attending we did. reception. We did. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's just fascinating. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, and you know this, I mean, people reach out to me, you know, every day, every week, uh, you know, they want to franchise their business. And, and I, you know, listen, I, I try to talk them out of it because I'm like, it's not easy. It's not cheap. No, nothing. And easy, you're not right? in the, you know, the restaurant business anymore. You're in the franchise business. And yep. if you can't comfortably change your hat and put on the hat of being a franchisor, know what that means. Educate yourself, continue. I mean, you know, we learn something new every single day. I'm still learning something new every day. Yeah, there's a policy and, where, yeah, there's a policy. You, you're running your business based on a, a manual policy operations. It's not yes. like you, can, you can't walk into a independent. It's not like walking into your independent <laughs> exactly. store and saying, Hey, Joe, that's not how I want you to do it. It's, it, it, there, there, there's, it's a different approach, but it's a great way to, 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 to expand your business model open 100 units without having all the, you know, the 100 percent and all the moving yep. parts. Um, you know, one of the questions, uh, and we touched on this, uh, one of the first things, we're running out of little time here. We're talking to Paul Rocchio, who's vice president of uh, development and member services at the International Franchise Association. The janitor. <laughs> the janitor. But, <laughs> you know, one of the questions that I get about, uh, and, and especially talking to people that are looking to get into or explore business ownership for the first time, investigate franchising, is educating people about franchising. That it's, you know, it it's, you know, it's not that you just give a guy a franchise check, you know, a franchise fee, and they give you the keys to the door and they do everything <laughs> else for you. So 
if I was going to direct somebody to the IFE and say, hey, here's a great spot to learn about franchising or what franchising is all about, is there any certain spot on the IFE website or anything I can point them to that helps them educate uh, help educate people that are looking to get into franchising oh, good. for the oh, first time? Oh, 100%. So, you know, our, our website, you know, shameless plug, franchise.org. Um, you know, we have we have a lot of free and helpful information on 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 all aspects. Um, and so on the website, if you just scroll down, you're going to see a number of tabs like the FTC guide to buying a franchise, you know, you know, and, and I listen, Scotty, you'll you'll you get this. I mean, I always tell people, you, you know, always do your due diligence. There's so much stuff out there. Um, there are so many books out there, but yep. you have to familiarize yourself with with all aspects of franchising and and people, you know, like the potential franchisee who reaches out to me or somebody who's interested in becoming a franchisee. Um, you know, there's a number of things that that I will point them to. Um but I always tell them, you know, you have to do your due diligence. You have to do your homework. Just make sure you're familiar. You don't have to be an expert, but just make sure you're familiar with what uh, FDD is and what each item yep. within the FDD is. And, you know, the franchise agreement and that you can actually talk to existing franchisees or franchisees yep. that recently left the system. Ask if, if they have an item 19. What's that? And I tell them, you know, it's like, you know, you know, there's so many things that, um, yep. I tell know, my that, client, I tell my clients, it, Paul, that if you want to be a successful franchisee, uh, and eventually become maybe a multi-unit multi-brand operator, yes. you, you have to learn how to ask questions. If you're not the type 100%. of person who likes to ask and get information from other people, you are not going to be successful in franchising. You can't do this alone because franchising is a partnership. And the beauty of the franchising industry and, and, and bringing in organizations like the IFA is people want to share information. I mean, you attend the conferences or the workshops that the IFA puts on. It's amazing how people are willing to help other franchisees out or people that are looking to get in the industry for the first time. It's amazing. hundred percent. You're preaching. I mean, I say that to people all the time. Of course, you, you and I have been around forever, but, you know. Yeah, people love to give back to the people coming up the ladder behind them. I see it. You, we see it all the time. And yeah, there's competitors within each vertical, but franchising is franchising. Whether you're trying to fill hotel beds, flipping hamburgers, switching out mufflers, franchising is all the same. You're all dealing with the same issues. So, you know, people love to give back to the people coming up the ladder behind them. And I tell, especially, you know, you know, startup and emerging brands, there is no reason to recreate the wheel. Trust me, every problem that has happened has already happened. And people within the IFA community and the franchising community educate you, help you, teach you, tell you how they screwed up a million times and what to do and what not to do. And I mean, we see that all the time, right? All the time. Um, right, right. And that's yeah. what's so great about Franchise. You know, we call it the franchise family. I mean, you know, people love to just give back to people coming up the ladder behind them all the right. time. Absolutely. Well, we've been talking to Paul Rocchio, uh, Vice President Development Member Services for the International Franchise Association. I, Paul, it's, uh, you know, it's always great to chat. I wish we had more time. We could probably go on for hours, you know, just telling funny stories. And, uh, you know, I mean, we could probably all write a book about things that, that have happened or we heard about in the industry, all good things. Um, 
but, uh, you know, we appreciate, uh, at least I appreciate all the efforts that you put into the IFA and helping people. Um, if anybody had any questions about franchising, okay to email you. Is there a, yeah, uh, of course. Know? Yeah. Email me, call me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here in the office, uh, every day. Okay. Um, I always tell people my, uh, I didn't last long, uh, during COVID working for all my family voted me off the Island. I was back <laughs> in the office by July 6th of 2020. And, you know, I'm still here Monday through Friday for the most part. <laughs> well, Paul, thanks so much for sharing some time with me. This is Scotty Milas, your podcast host for all things considered franchising. Uh, and also powered by scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. Anyone has any questions, you can email me at scott at scottmilasfranchisecoach.com or give me a shout at 860-751-9126. I do use a phone. I still talk on the phone. Uh, so uh, feel free to reach out if you have any questions about uh, uh, looking at franchising or exploring franchise opportunities. Paul, it's been great. I wish you and your family best to the kids in their decision Thank you, man. process. Uh, thank and, you. Uh, thank and, you, Scott. Uh, Appreciate it, will, buddy. And we will uh, catch up. Uh, we'll catch up again. Soon, I hope. Yeah. Right, Definitely, my Thanks very much. Hey, well, buddy. Bye now.